He asked for it. He specifically asked for this. Are we live? Uh, yeah. Live, live-ish. We're live-ish. Half We're live like at the Half chub live. Half chub, yep. <laughs> Just it. half live would have been enough. <laughs> it doesn't create enough of an image. It does. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably three... Uh, hang on. Now I've got work to do because I've got like a... Oh. Apply. Okay, start. All right. So we're fully live. Now. Full, we're, full live. We're now. full mast. Peter Turk straight on. That makes sense. Hey, that that's that a makes more sense. Full well, yeah. yeah, I mean half mast and full mast. I'll stick with that. And yeah. have you not charged? Charge a little bit too. Charge's pretty. It's a little too sexually charged. It's pretty sexually charged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you say full charge? Is full charge a thing? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I talk about it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Know I don't know if I, I'm looking down at it know. going. Oh. Yeah, it's about three quarter chub. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we've I about five eighths. I don't think I ever sit six, there. Six six eighths. <laughs> Three quarters. Three, yeah. I yeah. don't think I ever sit there with one and just go, I should tell the guys this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess what ratio of chub I'm at right now. <laughs> Do you remember Fuck. I remember at Kapuka, we were all in like your room, I think, and someone had their like phone or something with porn <laughs> up there and it was like, when does it get weird? Like when at what point does a bunch of guys watching it together get well, weird? I think we just said it was like 60% child was when it was like, oh, right. okay, now we need to go off individually and do our own things. Like, we can't. It would take like um, a, a degree of honesty though <laughs> for someone well, to go, just, you know, guys, I've passed 60%. To, we're yeah, who's out, out, that's me. Who's out first? Everyone's yeah. like, fuck, ready? <laughs> Loser. Yeah, we're still, only 48 seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, he's still delivering yeah, the pizza. Yeah, I'm at like 58 percent. <laughs> delivering the pizza. The pizza was what got me, guys. <laughs> that was that took me right over the edge. Yeah. Went to 110 <laughs> percent. That steaming pizza. Yeah, I can smell it that from here. That steaming pepperoni. Fuck, <laughs> ah, nobody know. No, no wonder nobody watches us. <laughs> right. So, despite what you might think, it's not actually Wildest Wednesdays. Mm. Yeah, we just um, didn't get much time before this to get everything. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, it snuck up we, on us really quick. Yeah, we we vent a little bit. Yeah, we talk about erections before the live stream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and what percentage we may or may not be at. What so, percentage is this guy at? Yeah, he's one hundred and ten percent. He's angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's angry. <laughs> yeah, he's out for blood. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, welcome to Amber Live at Five. It is Tuesday. It is. Yes. And um, it's been a pretty chill day, I think. Weather's been all right. It's not too crazy. It's not been a chill not day, been a chill day for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well. Yeah, well, in our world, the real work world, we've been pretty, <laughs> we've been pretty relaxed. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't come in time for lunch because I used stuff in the morning. I like just get on top of things. I've like maybe cleared my emails or something, and then it's just like. Boom, 20 belts are ready. Boom, these 30 belts are about to rock up. These all Fucking, sound like great things. It is all good <laughs> things, but... I wrote, I wrote an article today. <laughs> Good. Yeah. How many words? 3,600. So that was a short one. A little, <laughs> little, qu- little quickie in the morning. A little, little quickie. <laughs> yeah. Morning quickie. Finished it off over lunch. Nice. Yeah. I messaged Charlotte. I was like, oh, I'm about halfway done. You'll probably have it by tonight. Fucking before lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Right, right in the inbox. Take yeah. that. What's that one about? Injury prevention and management. So yeah, it was. It's one from Marshall's heart. Or yeah. His back. <laughs> yeah. It was poignant. I was looking yeah. at my. I even <laughs> mentioned that in the article. I was like, I sat down and opened up the like, what am I writing about today? Because I was like, I finished the sort of mini series of like training for different goals. 
And um, I was like, oh, it's a new and exciting topic under the banner of training, obviously. Mm. And it just staring me right in the face, in- injury prevention and oh, management. I'm like, go, yeah. go fuck yourself, Marshall. Got to readjust yeah. your Marshall from January. Your sore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You knew this would happen, didn't you? <laughs> you knew you'd hurt your back. Yeah, I just learned about physiology this morning. Adam okay. Gilfoyle said, G'day, lads. Ordered one of your belts. Can't wait. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're pretty um, excited about the latest batch, which is in Sydney. We're right getting now. yes. We should get it tomorrow. We'll get that tomorrow. We'll have them out the next day, hopefully. And we're getting a quick twenty belt sent faster than usual, right? Because the um, manufacturing companies have having a few days off holidays, right? So they're yeah, sending us they what are. they've got, what they've done, and then they're going to jump straight back and do it after holidays. That's cool. Yeah. Must Did we do we approve that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, I nearly have fucking two hundred flag orders now. <laughs> that's wild, man. That's sick. So that's all good and well now, but once they arrive, I'm just oh, gonna yeah. be days packing. Have you got a belts. certain way that you're gonna pack them? Like all I still have no idea. Yeah, you're gonna, no, they will come folded. Now you're gonna have to fold them in like the by the book. Yeah, way. the seven. Folds. Yeah, the seven <laughs> folds. Like the yeah, I hope no one. Length. I hope no one's angry that I just am just folding them. Just scrunch, <laughs> just scrunch, scrunch them. Yeah. Up. <laughs> Are we all going to have to sit down together and send them uh, out? If you want to help, yeah. What's, oh, a, what's oh. a quick two hundred between? I'll probably be um, <laughs> buy more. I think I guess I'm booked in. Probably, <laughs> oh, yeah. Whenever, whenever they happen that to get day in, they're coming in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, I mean, Tuesday, pretty good. We did a conditioning sesh today. Yeah, we did. That one's getting, it's getting more manageable. It's manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Today I woke up. I felt like absolute shit. Um, the, the session we did yesterday just beat me to death basically. And, um, I woke up super sore and I'm like, this fucking conditioner is just mm. going to hurt me. And I just feel so much better after doing it. <laughs> We're just doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I made it like that on, on purpose. Mm. Like the point of that session, albeit it is a conditioner, it is designed to get you moving. It's dynamic stretching basically. And it's blood flow in areas that you need it with exercises that we don't do for the rest of the week. So, you know, it's a very manageable session. Um, There's enough weight there to produce some kind of result. And it, yeah, obviously gets the blood going around the body again. So, yeah, I'm not surprised later on that I feel great afterwards, but I was dreading it. From the minute I woke up, I'm like, this fucking thing. This fucking farmer's carries. I think so. Every time, like, the Saturdays, you've been like, I'm just going to skip it today. I'm like, excellent. (laughs) (laughs) That won't be happening anymore. I will be doing all the Saturday wait, sessions. Just you wait for Saturday <laughs> to come around. No, it's usually because I train on the Thursday and then by Saturday I'm like, I need a fucking rest oh, day. Oh, that's right. Well, whose fault is that? It's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's whoever programs for me. That's yeah, that's whose fault it is. Yeah, number one. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about today? today we're Leverages talking... and why Dan is terrible. Yeah. Specifically, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna spend about ten minutes on leverages, and then how much, 40, time, how much time do we have? About forty should to fifty we, minutes. Should on we make it longer today? Why Dan is terrible with guest speaker being my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna chime in at some point. Mm. She's, she yeah, she's she can hear her ears are burning. She's yeah. like, "You say Dan's terrible." Yeah, yeah she has prepared a list, <laughs> and as, she, as we know, she's very good at writing things down. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome with lists. Yeah. It's like one of her top three skills. <laughs> list, list taker. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, writing the, the top three list was one of her best, best ones. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good at it. Um, yeah, so leverages, and this is in relation to lifting um, in general, not, I guess. Yeah, not what you can use against people. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, to manipulate <laughs> social situations. Um, this is in, yeah, in relation to lifting. Um, and when I use the term leverages, it's to do with uh, generally limb length or I guess your body proportions. I think somebody at one point mentioned like your ape ape person or like comparing you to a, a monkey person i do have a memory of someone mentioning Some saying that thing um came up yeah ages ago i assume like primal movement or something, something like, like that, that. yeah know. it was wild um but basically um all human beings are generally built the same um you know 99 of us have you know two arms and two legs and they always bend the same way the wrists generally move the same way shoulders the same Hips the same, knees, so on and so forth. Um, so within reason, we can sort of say that most human beings are capable of doing certain movements. Um, those movements are things like squats, you know, bench press, deadlifts. You know, you know, if we're looking at it from a powerlifting perspective, those are the big three. Um, you know, and you can manipulate those movements. You know, you can do lots of different types of presses. You can do lots of different types of rows or pulls. Um, you can do lots of different lower body exercises that, you know, might be single leg or, or both legs. Um, but, you know, generally the squat tends to rule the lower body. The bench press or the strict press is probably a defining lift for the upper body. Uh, the chin up is probably another one. And then uh, you're looking at probably the deadlift for a, a total body lift um, just to sum them all up. So talking about leverages with regards to those you've you've got people that um you know everyone's built the same but then we've got people whose hips might be different or whose knees might be different um you've got people whose legs might be longer or their arms might be shorter uh, they might look like a hobbit or <laughs> they might look like thor bjornson yeah <laughs> um those are like two different ends of the spectrum realistically um and these limb lengths can affect how easy or hard it will be for you to move weight, right? So um, most of weightlifting is, or I should say powerlifting is done um, by applying force to the bar. And the best way to apply force is uh, through levers, I guess. Um, so all of your joints and limbs act as a lever against the bar, against the external load. And if those levers are kind of fucked up or maybe they're longer or I guess you could say the fulcrum's in the wrong position, then you're going to have a harder time, right? So you end up with, I guess, two basic types of people. You end up with people that have really short limbs and a relatively long torso or you end up with people with really long limbs and a shorter torso. And these people will be good and bad at at different things. Um, the best powerlifters in the world generally are, are small people, like shorter. Mm. Uh, they tend to have, um, you know, really good body proportions, like all their arms and legs, are, you know, the limb lengths are all right. They're, they're generally shorter rather than longer. Um, but they're not so short that obviously they can't get any leverage at all. But um, the taller you get, the harder it becomes to move things because not only do you have to move at a further distance, but you're also, you know, the distance between, say, your wrist and your elbow is now much longer than the distance between the elbow and the shoulder. So you're dealing with length where you just don't want it. Um, so when it comes to leverages, 
they do tend to play a big part in the things that you'll probably be more successful at and the things that you're just going to work have to work your ass off to make gains in. Um, so the the short arm and long torso people are generally really good at squat and bench. And the other people, the long gangly fucks <laughs> like me, suck at those two. They suck at squat and, de- uh, squat and bench and they're really fucking good at deadlifts. Um, I so them, I got them short arms. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, it can be hard to notice. Like, um, you might think you're one or the other, but Dan and I are relatively similar height. Uh, Dan's just under six foot, <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> if you, if you say so, if you're under yeah. six foot, everyone's the same. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> um, yeah, but Dan's arms are much, much shorter than mine, and he his... really emphasized the much shorter than he did, didn't he? Yeah, it's much, much, it's like, much shorter. Yeah, it's like he's attacking me for something I can't control. <laughs> and his torso is longer. Yeah. Um, which make, means that when Dan squats and benches, his all of his limbs are working in like. I guess in harmony. They just I was going to say perfect harmony. Yeah, they just want to be there. Yeah, um, just having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bar doesn't have to travel as far. He's able to get um, a more stable... So, for example, on the bench press, if you've got a longer torso, you can get a better arch. It's generally more stable. Um, to get a higher arch, there doesn't have to be as... you know, Or there can be more distance between the scaps and the butthole, basically. The butthole. Yeah. That's the part you chose to <laughs> go the, with. That's the end of the spawn. You didn't just say the, play, <laughs> you didn't just say the butt or like anything else? No, this else. is real. This okay. is real training knowledge. Okay, yeah. Well, I make, that's what I do. I make sure my asshole is touching the bench. Professional training advice. Yeah, yeah from Marshall. Today. Um, and then with... Uh, shorter arms, obviously, that's a, that's an easy one. The bar doesn't need to come down nearly as far or go back up again. Yeah, I guess people who have much longer arms watch me bench and just go, are you fucking serious? Yeah, the range of movement <laughs> is an absolute joke, right? Um, on top of that, you look at like... Um, so, another influencing factor is the insertion points of the muscles um, and the origin points. So, uh, all, you know, muscle fiber, this one's a hard one to judge and it's not... The it's not the deciding factor, right? But um, some people will have really long tendons. Just I'm just using the bicep for example, but they'll have a really long tendon and a short, you know, muscle body. And other people have a long muscle body and a short tendon. Um, what this does is it basically it's more prevalent, say, for the bodybuilding community because it allows them to build like a fuller peak or whatever. Um, they can build a fuller. Um, you know, muscle in general, which just looks better on stage. But when it comes to powerlifting, a lot of your leverages are actually influenced by how much muscle mass is on the um, on the limb. So, if you imagine someone with really fucking skinny arms, they can put their arm to their shoulder and there's not a lot of shit stopping it from happening. You know, it goes all the way there. But the bigger your bicep gets, the bigger your forearm gets, the less you can get it closer. So that's really good for your, um, yeah, look at Dan go. Yeah. He's <laughs> doing a great go. job. You've got really long biceps, whereas I've, when I do this, I've got really short. Yeah, yours, come, yours stop like fucking there. Yeah. Mine like just goes yeah. away. So then... in three people, all of very similar heights, Nathan probably has the longest arms, I think, out of all three of us. Yeah, I'm a 
Um, what are those flailing um, oh, inflatable inflatable flailing advertisements? I can get three fingers between my elbow joint and where my bicep muscle body actually starts. Dan can probably get, no, you have to tense arm. Dan can probably get all of about zero. Yeah, I can yeah, really get any. Nathan, I would say Nathan can get two probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine goes, yeah, mine goes like all the way here. My joint is literally right there. Yeah. yeah. So that's the difference between three people. And it, it shows when it comes to lifting. There's certain lifts that take advantage of that sort of stuff, like the JM press. Um, you'll be much better at doing a JM press, which is a tricep movement, if you've got bigger buys and bigger forearms because you can't get the weight as low. Um, but that carries over to the bench because it's a better leverage as the arm joint closes. You've got more mass packing in there that's trying to push your arm apart, which helps you with that extension. So um, that's, I guess it's slightly off topic when it comes to leverages and stuff, but... You, if you want to lift more weight, you generally need more mass around your joints. Yeah. If you look at anyone that lifts a lot of weight, you probably figure that out. Yeah. yeah they tend to be thick. Yeah. Right? Thick as fuck. Um, and, you know, some of the strongest people in the world um, are really fucking thick people. Like, you know, you can say fat or whatever, but generally they're not, you know, mainly fat. Um, the best bench presser in the world. Um, you know, he's a fucking big dude, but it's mostly muscle. You know, it's mostly muscle mass. And then that the extra size just gives him an advantage, right? Uh, for a very long time, uh, the best powerlifters in the world were just encouraged to get gain as much weight as humanly possible. It didn't matter what the weight was. It just had to be size. Uh, because the more you weighed, the more you could lift. Nowadays, that's not as encouraged. It's also pretty unhealthy um, and you know, can lead to complications down the line with, you know, your breathing and your heart and stuff like that. So if you do want some longevity out of your sport, uh, especially in powerlifting, I wouldn't encourage you to just get as fat as fucking possible. Um, But you do need to be aware of the kind of things you're working with when it comes to your particular body type. So um, it's rarely got to do with how tall you are. However, the taller you are generally... um, the longer your limbs are going to be. It's pretty rare to see a really tall person with really, yeah, pretty disproportionate, really you know. short legs and really short yeah. arms, uh, like Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And watching that person squat would be just like entertaining. Yeah. It would be um, because they'd probably be quite good at it, but they'd probably get folded in half. They'd need the world's strongest so much, core. Yeah, they have so much torso room to yeah. just fold in half. Exactly. It's got to give something. So, yeah. yeah. So, and these are the things you need to be aware of. You know, if you are a... Uh, you know, let's say average height or maybe slightly taller, but you are someone with um, a longer torso, you may find that you need to develop your core more because you're getting flexion where there just shouldn't be flexion. Um, and that flexion is, it's not going to cause you an injury most of the time, um, but it is it is power leakage. So it's where there could be strength, that strength is coming out uh, because something is bending where it should stay straight. Um, and if you want to lift maximum weights, everything needs to be as rigid as possible so that um, you know, so that, that heavy weight comes up off the floor or you know, stays on your back or whatever it might be. Um, so when it comes to if you're, say, a squat and bench, per, and you probably notice if you lift for like, I don't know, let's say two years straight, mm. you probably notice that you feel really comfortable in the squat or you feel really good about your bench, 
Um, and then the deadlifts just don't feel right or, you know, it, the numbers just don't jump up like they should. Uh, that's something that, you know, we noticed a, about Dan for a while. The bench and the squat just kept climbing. Yeah. But the deadlift just something, it just didn't seem to want to do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it just kind of always fought me. There's yeah. always something I'm like, oh, this this feels shit or it's just... I. Oh, I just won't come off the ground. Yeah, I just won't come off the ground. Or I've done months of work and I don't feel any <laughs> further along with this. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah, and that's not necessarily a strength thing. It It's usually a leverage thing. Like just to get the bar off the ground, for example, and the deadlift usually comes down to um, how you utilize your own body weight. And people with longer limbs are able to almost unconsciously put their body in the right position because any other position for them feels weird. Mm. It's the same with, say, the bench or the squat for someone who's better at those lifts just because of their leverages. Um, They tend to just find it probably a little bit easier to keep their elbows under the bar um, or they find it easier to engage their lats or they find it easier uh, in the squat to get back up out of the hole because there's less distance to travel, you know, or like we were talking about with mass on, um, you know, mass on the actual limb. If you've got really fucking thick quads and a really fucking thick hamstring, there's less travel time before that hamstring hits the calf and comes back up again, you know. Um, whereas if you don't have a lot of mass down there, you've got a long way to go before those mm. things ever touch. <laughs> yeah, so for someone with really small calves, do you want to comment on... Yeah, it'll be... <laughs> Suck to have tiny little calves. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see my calves in the video, so yeah, you're we'll safe. Have you're protected by the calves. camera. You need like a little carpet or, so, or like a curtain around the table. <laughs> Don't look at my legs. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is um, for I guess if you are looking at moving big weight, there's like I said before, there is huge value in um, in packing on muscle mass. Um, generally, the best way to do that is calorie surplus and train your ass off and recover mm. properly um, or drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can't always put size on, right? So, the, And that sort of leads me into my next point of, um, you know, will the people with the shorter limbs always be at an advantage in powerlifting? And to an extent, yes, but there comes a point where they just can't pack on as much size. So someone with longer limbs has more room to put on more muscle mass. So they can be disadvantaged up to a point and then they might actually do a little bit better if they put the time in to build the muscle mass up. Um, this takes a long fucking time. It takes fucking like 10, 20 years or something to get. Yeah. The only shorter term fix would be just fixing or adjusting your technique to suit your leverages and your limbs. Yeah. yeah like as you've had to do with your benching. Yeah. Which is change. Like the way I bench doesn't suit you as well mm. because just the, yeah, the bizarre difference in our limb lengths. Like there's the same way I can do it. Whereas you've got a bit closer grip and just the whole bottom process is different to me. Yeah. Well, um, you know, between Dan and I, Dan's bench press, once he sets up, the bar probably travels like five inches or something. Mm. Maybe not even that. It's dumb. Whereas... Like two penis lengths. Yeah. <laughs> for someone, you know, I'm slightly shorter, but because my limbs are longer, I reckon the bar travels probably double that. You know, I would it'd be, be surprised, close. It'd yeah. be close to 10 inches probably for... 
for my penis length. Is that what you're saying before? <laughs> I said till mine, till mine, oh, two, five right. inches. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I measure it. Yeah. So we're looking at like two similarly sized people, and Dan and I weigh quite a similar amount as well. You know, Dan's only it's like five or six five kilos, kilos yeah, yeah, more than me. Um, but the way that it is distributed throughout my body is completely different. Mm. Like, um, so when it comes to benching, I have to. I have to get as much fucking momentum off the chest as I possibly can <laughs> to try and get it through to lockout because where Dan only needs enough momentum to move the bar five inches, I need enough momentum to move it five inches and then five fucking more. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and you know, that means I need to bench differently. So uh, when it comes to deadlifting, for example, I was the opposite of Dan. Like almost, I could do anything, and my deadlift went up. Mm. Like I could just look at a bar for six weeks, <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly I put twenty kilos yeah. on my deadlift. <laughs> but with the squat and bench, completely the opposite. You know, I'd be trying to use a hundred kilos um, just to put on fucking two kilos of bench. You mm. know, um, and it's just been this gradual process where, like, maybe on a weekly basis, Dan will jump. 10 kilos on one of his lifts, you know, bench or squat. Whereas for me, it's like, just put the 2.5 or the 1.25 on. <laughs> Let's just see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'll just pray to yeah, something. Yeah, pray to whatever's up there. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's something that you need to be aware of if you are looking at lifting really big weights um, is that if your body type suits one lift or the others, you need to be aware that the way that you gain strength on the ones you suck at is going to be a much slower process and you can't force it. You can't try and put 10 kilos on your fucking bench every week if you suck at bench. Um, you should be looking at trying to put just the smallest amount, you know, just steady progress that looks at like a kilo a week if you can maintain that and then you're looking at like fucking five kilos a year um, and then, I don't know, five kilos every two years or whatever it might be, but it's slow. Um, at the end of the day, as long as you manage it, you're doing it safely, you're trying to avoid injuries and you're really focusing on technique. Um, and technique is like, I can't go and watch, I don't know, Eddie Cohn bench and go, mm. oh, I'm going to bench that way because Eddie Cohn's fucking half the salt, like half my height and has the perfect limbs for powerlifting. Yeah. Um, I can't watch Dan bench, for example, and go, oh, that's the way I'm going to bench and you know, just hope for the best because it just won't work for me. Yeah, just try and force myself and yeah. get nowhere. Um, so you do need to be aware that if you are going to try and, I guess, um, replicate someone that you see online or whatever, uh, that they might have different limbs to you. That's like, um, it would be like trying to get our shortest client, for example, to try and deadlift like Thor Bjornsson. Mm. I mean, it just, he's not going to succeed. No. Um, and, you know, there's a specific reason why people like that will deadlift um, compared to other people. Uh, so it can take a lot of work figuring out what works best for you specifically. But once you know, you just have to practice the shit out of it, I guess. Yeah, I would say because for me, I think I it was like years before I realized I was actually could be naturally good at bench, just yeah. Jeanette, like because of my lengths and everything. Because I spent ages, I've always enjoyed squats. Um I I always really enjoyed deadlifts yeah. and my bench always lacked behind everything and I kind of just was like, oh, I just like a bench. Yeah. And then I started actually putting in effort to training bench, you know, one properly and doing things that I didn't enjoy doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to get better at it. And I just started naturally being like, oh, I can actually 
get pretty good at this over yeah. time. And that's when I started to realize that I trend towards those two lifts yeah. and not so much deadlifting. Even though I'd always enjoyed doing it, I just couldn't um, as easily improve at it as I could yeah. the other two. Yeah, and I mean, when once you sort of know the lifts that you gravitate towards, it becomes a case of, say for deadlifts, for me, I can walk up to a bar and do a relatively he- heavy deadlift. I don't need to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, you know, just put my feet in the right place. I put my hands on the bar. I get tight and I lift it. Like, that's it's easy for me. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to benching or squats, I have to fucking do every single little thing right or I'll fail. It's the same with, say, Dan. Um, you know, he can set up on the bench, and I'm not trying to discount the work that people put in for their, the lifts that they're better at. Um, but when he sets up for bench or squats, it's a much different process to how much thought and time and effort goes into setting up for deadlifts. Oh, deadlifts, I know my process off by heart. <laughs> like, it's like put my feet in the right spot, breathe, grab the bar, bring my shins to the bar, yeah. lean back and get my shoulders over top of the bar yeah. and then take the slack out of the bar, then finally pull. And yeah. that's the whole thing I have to do to get it, everything <laughs> right. Whereas bench, I'm like, oh, yeah, just fucking jump. <laughs> just just bang, put the weight in my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's a great way to teach someone to deadlift, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. I don't know where you learned that, but... Um, just, you know, biohacker, biohacker Andy's said hello. Hey, dude. Oh, hey, dude. Good to have you back. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it's... And, I mean, you can't really go about... I mean, you probably could go about measuring your arms and your legs and going, oh, this is what I'm going to be better yeah. at. Could we, but, could we put a thing together like that? Well, <laughs> this, so this is... I actually addressed this, this in one of my <laughs> articles, Is the one I wrote today, is you can... If you get injured, you can go to a doctor and say, oh, yeah, I really fucked myself up doing deadlifts, for example... Oh, I really fucked myself up doing deadlifts and the doctor will like poke you and prod you or whatever and go, oh, yeah, okay, this definitely hurts you because you're going, ow, yeah, please stop, that hurts. You go, oh, okay, yeah, you seem to be in pain and you've you've injured yourself. Okay, cheers, I already knew that, <laughs> but thanks for confirming. And they might go, oh, okay, we'll send you off for some scans. And then you go and get the scans and then you get a, a little picture that tells you that you're injured and you're going, yeah, I'm fucking sore. I know that I'm injured. Thanks for the picture. <laughs> so it's all well and good for someone to go, this is what you're going to be better at and this is what you're going to be shit at. It's all well and good for somebody to say, you are injured in this way. We already know that. Like it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You still have to work your fucking ass off to get mm. better. You have to still get into the gym and like I can know that I'm better at deadlifting and all that does is maybe help me when I'm trying to put a total together <clears> on a powerlifting platform, which if you're going to be a powerlifter, you probably already know which lifts you're better at. Mm. The numbers will tell you. Yeah. Um, Biohacker said, I wanted to ask, what's the right progression percentage when it comes to powerlifting and weightlifting? It's always a 12.5% increment in kettlebell sports. I don't know if I should go by intuition or a specific number for a squat or a bench. 12.5% is a lot to jump up. It's <laughs> a big jump. Yeah, it's a big jump. <laughs> That's kettlebells. Kettlebell, yeah, kettlebells. But that, in, is that, that somebody did, makes the kettlebells and like they give you, here's your like 12 kilo, there's your... 20 kilo, 24. Like, you don't have any choice. I can't, like, take my kettlebell and put increment plates on it. Yeah, but with bench, you can put a 1.25 on. Yeah, so so I would say the best way to make progress on any of the lifts is to add as little weight as humanly possible to beat the last time you did it. Mm. Like, 
Um, but th- I, there's no percentage that's that's like there's no like magic number. Yeah, there's no <laughs> golden rule that says five percent jumps every single time. Yeah, like if you complete a program cycle, like say a six week cycle, three month cycle, whatever, and you don't, you shouldn't be going. I need to be at one hundred five percent of what is my 100% at the start of the program. Like, that's my goal. You just should just aim to increase at, at in any way. Yeah. So, and it depends on how you program. So, linear progression is the, like, predominant Western way of making people lift more. Um, it's It works, but it's probably not, in my opinion, the best way to go about it. Um, conjugate training or concurrent training is... Um, in my opinion, better to make consistent progress and avoid more injuries along the way um, because it's a system that trains weaknesses. It's The whole point is to get as strong as possible and always spend time focusing on the stuff you suck at, right? So if I was to get a beginner in, someone that's never lifted before in their fucking life, um, I would probably have them on... You know, for three weeks, you're doing, let's say, a parallel box squat, a um, Romanian deadlift, and a fucking floor press. They're going to do three weeks of that exercise. The first week, they're going to work up to as many as many reps as they can do that are technically great um, for five for a five rep max, basically. Next one, they do a three rep max, and the last week, they do a one one rep max. The next time they do those three exercises again, I would like them to be able to lift more than they did the last time. It doesn't have to be a lot more. I mean, for a beginner, it's probably going to be a big jump. But for an experienced person, it could just be 1.25 kilos. you know, Or it could be one kilo. It depends on the size of the plates you've got. But any little bit more is better than nothing. you know, Because that shows continuous progress. And over the course of this lifter's life cycle we'll see them go from probably being shit at fucking everything to developing things that they're good at and things that they're not as good at. Um, And once we see their weaknesses, we can start to address them. And as you address those weaknesses, they will gradually become their strengths. And because they've got those strengths now, they have weaknesses elsewhere. And you so you switch the program to focus on those weaknesses, rinse and repeat until they're either the best powerlifter in the world or they're dead. Um, It's right or die, baby. Right or die, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's a system that you can use literally until the day that you die, if you wanted to. You could be lifting like that until you're ninety, and the goal is just to address the weaknesses and do a little bit better than you did the last time. I mean, you're probably not going to be squatting fucking a thousand pounds when you're ninety years old, but at that point, you might be like, you know, I I just want to squat my body weight today and 1.25 kilos heavier than that is a PB, you know? Um, so when it comes to percentages, I, I generally think they should be avoided. Um, most programs these days seem to be based on percentages. They say, Oh, you know, you figure out what your one rep max is and then you calculate 80% or 90%. That's your training max. And then you go and do a program that starts you off at 60 and then you build up to 85. That's linear progression. And, um, and the problem with a program like that is your one rep max on that particular day might not be your one rep max four weeks later. You know, you might be feeling like shit, you know, so 60% of that one rep max might actually feel like 80% that day. 
Um, so the RPE system was designed. I'm not a huge fan of that either because for a junior athlete, they probably don't know what an eight is supposed to feel like out of 10. Um, whereas with you know a conjugate style program, if you say, I just want you to go as heavy as you can today uh, with keeping your technique perfect and avoiding any injuries. And this kind of programming has worked really well for me recently because... Um, you know, I suffered a back injury fucking four years ago in the military, but I did something dumb and aggravated it a few weeks ago. And getting back into lifting heavy, I have just stuck to the exact program that I've written that Dan and Nathan are doing. And on the first week of the program, it was like work up to a three rep max for good mornings, which for someone with a back injury is like a fairly intimidating lift. But I just went as high as I could for three reps and it happened to be 100 kilos. That's when I felt like, oh, yeah, that there's a little bit of ache there. There's a bit of pain. I'm just going to stop there. Um, that's where I knew my technique was going to break down. I knew that, you know, if I pushed it any further, I was probably going to risk something. Um, so I just stopped. The next week, I was able to go a little bit heavier on another exercise and a little bit heavier. And then yesterday, I squatted 200 fucking kilos on my back again. So... Um, that kind of programming is much more effective in my opinion than if I'd written myself a program and gone, oh, I've got a back injury, but the program says I have to do three sets of eight at 75% today. I couldn't have done that. Like I would have gone in the gym and either hurt myself or just gone, well, I can't do this. I'll have to do something else. Yeah. You're either going to be affected mentally or physically Yeah, <laughs> if you're trying to stick to those goals. So I guess at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, if you limit yourself to being dictated by some superfluous percentage, some number that realistically doesn't mean anything, um, you are going to limit your ability to progress. You're also going to limit your ability to manage your own injuries or prevent them. Um, you're going to get, uh, I guess, tunnel vision about what you're in there to do. Um, you might walk in and be like, oh, I have to squat today, but your legs are just fucked. It doesn't mean you don't train. You could just do something else. You know, you could do deadlifts or you know whatever it might be um a program like conjugate allows you the flexibility to change your exercises and still get stronger uh, whereas a program that is based primarily on percentages it it doesn't give you the flexibility for that if you train for 10 fucking years and you learn how to change the exercises or you learn how to manipulate your program then sure go to town but you have to take 10 years to fucking get there um, and along the way, you probably make all the same mistakes I did <laughs> getting to the point that I am right now, injuring myself in multiple places. Um, it's, it's not that sustainable and the gains are not that great. Like, um, I was thinking about this last night and I know a lot of people that train on a very linear scale. Um, you know, it's all percentage base. It's all this many reps at this amount of weight for, you know, X amount of sets for this total volume. And that's not to say that I don't use a total volume per session. Um, I do use equations if I want to hit a certain number um, for, you know, a three-week or a six-week wave to hit that number, but that's not in my, I guess, strength exercises. Um, the difference between a conjugate sy system where Dan is, you know, one week he'll fucking put up 
170 kilos on a recoil bench press. The next week he'll do a floor press and the number is not the same, but it's a fucking 10 kilo jump from the last time he did bench uh, floor press and then inevitably gets onto a bench and he's able to lift more weight than he's ever lifted before. The carryover is clear, right? We can see that all these exercises and all these big jumps, all these newbie gains that he's making because they're exercises he hasn't trained that much, they have carryover to the squat bench and deadlift. Whereas compare it to someone who only ever trains squat, bench, and deadlift, this person might go up 20 kilos in four years. That's a long fucking time to try and make a gain that Dan made in six months. <laughs> like, And it's got nothing to do with age. Dan's been training for fucking 10 years. By this point, the newbie gains should not be attainable for him. But it's because he hasn't just squat, benched, and deadlift for 10 fucking years. I saw another big... Uh, yeah, he just said that's really good advice. So go as little as possible, maintain a linear progression and go by intuition for increment. It gets tough for a normal guy to self-program for years and maintain a lifting consistency. Yep. Um, like I'm doing real good with words today. <laughs> yeah. Did you say maintain a linear progression? Maintain a linear progression. I would... Don't maintain a linear progression. I'd say always try and do a little bit better than the time the last time you did it. You know, so if I floor press three weeks ago, I'm floor pressing tomorrow, which I am. I'm going to try and floor press a little bit more weight than I did three weeks ago. Um, we high box squatted yesterday. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and for Dan, this was evident. The last time he high box squatted, he failed 220 kilos. Yesterday, he got it. So it's just a it's little bit more weight. <laughs> Yeah. Juicy, thick boy. <laughs> yeah. So we're not looking at, I'm going to hit this number. You know, I'm not looking at, I have to hit 105% of my previous 1RM in whatever lift. It is, I'm just going to do a little bit more than I did last time. Yeah. It's kind of our parameter for success of a session nowadays. Yeah. It's just, you know, this is what I got last time and I did a bit better than this time. Like, yeah. fuck it. That's, that's a win. Sick. Yeah. You know? that's a and you win. don't push yourself to the point where you fail because if you do that, you're constantly training your, you know, your brain to say, oh, I'm bad at this. Mm. You know, every time you fail a lift, your brain's going, making that connection of, oh, you didn't win. You didn't succeed. So you should always train to a point where you go, I made that lift, but it was hard, but I made it. Mm. Stop there. You know? Yeah. The important part is the intensity. Even yeah. if you go into the gym one day on one of your max days where you're like, oh, I meant to go, you know, heavy as possible. If you're feeling like shit, don't expect to go as heavy as you may have last time. Yeah. Just be satisfied with that the intensity that you get out of it. Yeah, that's exactly You're probably right. putting just as much intensity into it as you did last time or more, but you just, it's a shit, you're feeling shit that day, so you just won't get the, you know, uh, the number may be yeah. different. But like Marshall was saying, don't get tunnel vision on numbers and percentage. Yeah, I mean, when I come in, I'm just grateful that I uh, get through the session. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's survive. a great goal to have. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> goal, goal number one is survive. <laughs> right, and I mean, that's a great point. The number isn't everything. Um, it's good to know your numbers so that you have a, a ballpark figure. But for example, the most I've ever high box squatted is 220 kilos. When I did it yesterday, I stopped at 200 because I felt a little bit of pain in my back. It wasn't nearly enough to aggravate the injury. It was just my brain was getting a signal saying, if you go any further, we might have some problems. So I got to 200 and I went, yep, I'm pretty satisfied with that. My, my brain's telling me that if I keep pushing myself 
something might go wrong. But on top of that, the um, the last time we squatted heavy was, I guess, two weeks ago or something. We did parallel box squats, mm. and I worked up to one seventy. So that point, I was that was the same point where I went, okay, there's a little bit of pain here. I'll, I'll stop now. But it's still, I'm able to track recovery. You know, I was able to say three weeks ago, I had 170 kilos on my back and it caused me a little bit of pain. This week, I had 200 kilos on my back and it caused me a little bit of pain. But I I can see the trend upwards. It's not as high as I've ever done, but I'm able to visualize this is what recovery looks like because I am consciously getting stronger. You know, I can see it on paper Um, compared to, you know, good mornings, five weeks ago or whatever it was where it was just a hundred kilos on my back and it's giving me some drama so you know all these exercises are you know lower body dominant they look very much like a squat or a deadlift they're not squats or deadlifts uh, or not your you know traditional competition squats or deadlifts but because they're variations and they replicate them so closely you can use them to gauge what your actual squat or deadlift might be like yeah um yeah, I guess if that we got a bit off topic of leverages and stuff, but that's right, we're answering the questions. So. Yeah, um, when it comes to if you have always worked with kettlebells, and I am not super familiar with kettlebell programming, um, but you are very restricted in the numbers you can move. Like we said before, you have to start at the lightest one, which I think they're adorable. They're really <laughs> like a <laughs> child, like a child, yeah, like like a small baby. baby. Like, <laughs> we get a four, like four kilo one. Four down kilo ones down there. Yeah. I swear you yeah. get smaller ones though. Yeah, yeah. Ones and then, <laughs> and then they go to like eight, and then yeah. 12, 16. They're doing like sixteen, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-four, twenty-eight, thirty-two. Yeah, it's yeah. So like four kilo, kilo jumps yeah. basically the whole time. Um, all the, we've got a 68 kilo one downstairs, so they fucking go up pretty high. Just for show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The issue is that no you are restricted to, <laughs> <laughs> you're restricted to four kilo jumps. So if I'm strong enough to lift three kilos more than I did last time, I still can't go up, you know, whereas with a barbell or I guess a fair few dumbbells, you've, you've got small increments to work with. So one of the benefits of, I guess, conjugate training with a barbell is if I squat 100 kilos one day and then two weeks later I come back and squat again, I can. if I've got one kilo or 0.5 kilo plates in the gym, I can squat 101 kilos and that's still progress. I don't have to... I'm not limited to squatting 100 kilos for eight reps instead of five, if that makes sense. Um, so you don't have to be locked into percentages and numbers nearly as much because you can take tiny jumps, you know, and that's still progress. Um, I guess, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about self-regulating and when you're looking at when do you stop, always stop at technical breakdown. So you'll find there's lifts that are hard and they're a strain, but your technique stays strong. But you know you could probably lift a bit more, but it might be fucked up. Just stop there, you know. So the numbers will come as long as you continuously focus on technique, you know. And you could do the world's most perfect squat and only get twenty-five kilos, and you know that if you did a shitty squat, you'd get like sixty. You'll eventually squat sixty. Just keep doing the perfect squats, and it'll go up. Yeah, it can be hard to fight that sometimes because, oh, yeah. you know, and everyone understands that feeling like, yeah, I just want to, because you want to push yourself all the time. That's half the fun. It's just yeah. being challenged by it. So, and there's times all the time where like, we should stop there or, yeah. you know, and there, or there's plenty of times where you've done a squat 
and there's that moment where you stop and you're like, I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do another one. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's a case of, I had a conversation with a mate last night of a case of like the advice you give other people versus the stuff you do yourself. Yeah. And even the article I wrote today, I'm a very stubborn person. Like I, I am so stubborn that I will forget all logic and sense and just push myself <laughs> to the point where I'm completely fucked. Um, which that's me personally. I recognize that. And, um, and a lot of the time, you know, I'm lifting just for the sake of lifting at the moment. I'm training to compete as a power lifter. So I save those PR attempts for the platform. You know, when you get up on the platform, you lift however the fuck you want. You can make it the worst looking fucking deadlift. You can arch your back as much as you want. You spew everywhere. It doesn't matter. Just get the fucking weight up, lock it out and win the competition or whatever it is. You know, set your new total that might be a fucking world record or something, whatever. It doesn't have to be pretty. You just have to get it done. But when you're in the gym, make it technically perfect because that way you're pushing up your technique perfect reps. You're pushing up your technique perfect numbers as well so that when you get on the platform, you've got that extra technical breakdown to work with. Um, Biohackers just said, I made the transition last week from a 24 to 28 kilo. So you're compelled to make that jump no matter what. Um, but is there such thing like a nervous system conditioning of the body by going heavier from the start? I think that won't be safe. But what if someone has got the form right? A nervous system conditioning by going heavier from the start. Uh, your nervous is system that... doesn't get conditioned <clears throat> as such. Um, it just has like, you have your body's conditioning levels. So you might be able to work harder for longer, but the point where your central nervous system is fragged, it, I mean, there's not a lot you can do except for recover from that point. Um, going heavier at the start doesn't condition your nervous system. It just pushes it to a point where it makes it harder to recover. So what I, I'm guessing the question here is more about progressive overload than it is about, um, just going ham. And if you want to be successful at something, you start small and you make in incremental changes. You make, you know, you add little bits, whether it be weight or more reps or time under tension or less rest or whatever it might be, you add that gradually over a long period of time until you are better. Um, if you just go really fucking heavy right at the start, not only will your central nervous system immediately fail, it just goes, no, we can't do this, we're going to crash, and then it takes a shitload longer to recover, but you're pushing muscles, tendons, bones to a point that they're not used to, um, and then your body is responsible for repairing all of this damage that you've done, and because it's a lot of damage compared to maybe a little bit of damage, the stress levels associated with that make the recovery take longer, so you might lift more on day one, but by day three, you can't even lift what you probably could have lifted on day one. You know, and then by day five, you're fucked and you probably still want to be in the gym because you enjoy it and you love lifting weights, but you've fucked your body right from the start, so you're just heading down a path towards injury. Whereas if you started nice and light and you built up over time, you'd be able to keep lifting over that course of six to eight weeks and you wouldn't experience the injury, you wouldn't experience the fatigue and you would be better off in the long run. Yeah, which is why even linear progressions, you'll see a lot of... um they'll 
you know, even though the water is linear, they will they will fluctuate a bit. You may get three weeks of progressing, but then you may drop back to maybe the week before and then progress again. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, and then you'll have your rest week. But usually around the time that your body would start to um, break down. And I've had that like even that four week program we did not long ago. Oh, that yeah, bullshit. that's that, the one that broke me. Yeah, even Never that thing. Again. Like by week three, I was like, I can feel my body starting. Like I'm starting to get like the itchy, scratchy throat and like the a little bit of a running nose because my um, body just isn't really getting the chance to recover properly. Yeah, because the the just intensity. I saw someone posted. Some fucking Insta fit dumb bitch. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yesterday or something about like how to measure progress, mm-hmm. but they called it how to measure progressive overload, which is a completely different fucking thing. Yeah. Like progressive overload is incrementally adding weight over time yeah. to force adaptation. Progress is how to measure being better than you were before. Mm. You know, they're related concepts but they're two very different things yeah that's just like, raw concepts they're completely different yeah <laughs> and i was like this fucking bitch is misleading people <laughs> get on fucking instagram um any final words on leverages um uh just that you probably suck at something and you should work hard at it <laughs> yeah yeah you yep. probably um you probably lean towards some things over others um and the things you are shitter at just be aware that you will have to do them and you need to put the work into them yeah otherwise you will just be shit at them forever yeah yeah if you find that you are naturally just really fucking good at squat and bench work your ass off to make your deadlift better because and this is for competitors mainly but I guess it applies to everyone. If you work your ass off to make your shittest lift your best, when you get into a competition, you've basically bulletproofed yourself. You've made yourself, um, you know, you know, one of the best contenders there to win because you know that your bench and squat are going to be good. And then you've put the work in to make your deadlift good as well. Like for me, I know that when I get into a competition, my deadlift is going to be my biggest number. I'm aware of that. So I need to work my ass off so that at that point, the squat and bench are also big enough to give me the total that I want. So yeah, basically work your ass off on the stuff you suck at. Yeah, Yeah. and you'll learn over time. How yeah. To okay. So, oh, yeah. I guess just quick, biohacker said, if like if I do a thirty-two kilo Turkish get up just once, my brain stores that memory of the weight, so the next time a twenty-eight kilo would seem somewhat light, and there won't be a massive shock. That's what he was getting at. It's something I can address to, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I probably won't address it tomorrow <laughs> on Wild West. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's a completely different thing that we can talk about. That is just known as overload training. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't have enough time to get into that, uh, but don't do that and, <laughs> yeah. until you've heard me talk about it on Thursday <laughs> and then you can decide whether or not it is the right thing for you to do. Mm. But that is not the way that I go about doing it. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Your brain doesn't store the memory of it being no. heavier. Um what you want to do is basically bulletproof your form with lighter weights so that by the time you get under a heavy weight, your technique mm. is perfect and it doesn't feel as heavy. Um, overload training has its place, but in that particular situation, I think you are probably risking technical breakdown and injury more than you are actually having a benefit on your mental ability to do that weight. Yeah. You're also assuming you're going to the gym every single time feeling the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, 32 kilos is going to feel the exact same every single time. Yeah. Like any other weight. Mm. 
Cool. All right. Do we want to wrap it there? Yeah. yeah. Is that time? Is yeah, that's oh, time. six minutes. Yeah, if you're so, not shady. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, well thanks, um, Bayaka, for joining in today. Yeah, Good we appreciate the uh, engagement. Engagement, And Dusty yeah. just got on last minute. Uh, oh, Dusty, look who it is. <laughs> crawling back in the last few minutes. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah, but we're going to wrap up. Uh, yeah, so thanks for everyone that's joining in today and anyone that's watched or watches it later. Appreciate it all. If you didn't watch this and you never do, go fuck yourself. <laughs> You'll never know we said it. Um, we are in Train Development. We're live at 5 every day, every Monday to Friday. We will be back tomorrow for Wild West Wednesday, which Ooh. is the uh, day where we talk about whatever the fuck we want and we basically just talk shit. Yeah. So pre-warning, everything, pretty we, wild. everything we say is satire, not to be taken seriously. If you do take it seriously, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to check out our podcast, uh, we always appreciate it. We're on Apple Music and Spotify. It's called The Hard Way, Animal TD Podcast. And we're also on YouTube. Our channel is Animal Train Development. We have all the live fives. We also have episodes where we go over the articles Marsh and I have written. And we have an episode about what Anvil is and who we are. So if you want to check those out, awesome. If not, we'll be back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I guess if you listen to podcasts or anything, if you like it, leave a review. Should probably start collecting reviews. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to, or give us feedback. Tell everybody the terrible advice to. I gave you. <laughs> yeah, feedback. Is it what's it on Apple and Spotify? Is it just like stars, or do you just like? Oh, actually, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, figure out the system. Let us yeah. know how um, intuitive it was. Dusty said, "What's the topic tomorrow?" We. It's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. I don't even know. This show is just just winging it. It's improv. Every day. You guys might think that I sit here with notes and stuff, but (laughs) this is improv. Yeah, we make it up as we go. We we didn't implement actual topics until like three weeks into (laughs) this thing. We just just get here and just go, what's up? And then (laughs) start talking. So, yeah. All right, cool. cool. Adios. Thank you. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, Nathan. (laughs) Finish. Yeah, he's done.